Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. We've got Pastor Ming giving us an impactful message on Love Matters Most. Praise the Lord. I want you to uh, go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 to verse 39. And we want to welcome all of you to our 5 p.m. service and all of you that are seated in the overflow hall and those that are watching by internet. I pray that God will bless you today. Right now, the Bible says in Matthew 22, verse 33 to verse 39, which is the most important command, Jesus replied. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second most important is similar. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all pray in the Spirit. Father, truly, we are praying for an open heaven over our lives this coming season of the March, Easter's reach out season. I pray, oh God, that you begin to speak to us. Give us revelation. Lead and guide us, Holy Spirit, that this month of March will be the greatest month yet for our lives and for us in the history as a church. So Father, we commit this service in your loving hands. I pray, may the meditation of my heart, the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my mind be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So over here, Jesus begins to tell the lawyer and he replies, you need to love the Lord your God. You need to love your neighbor and love yourself. Now, what is the right order in this? Number one, you got to love the Lord your God. Right? Now, number two, tell me what is number two? No, number two, love yourself. Because Jesus said, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you cannot love your neighbor. Hello? Ah, all right, amen. So the order is love God. Number two, love yourself. And number three, love others. You see, in two weeks' time, we are going to present the Easter drama, the greatest love story ever told of how God sent His Son because He loved us and into the world as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage that they have done in our relationship with Jesus Christ and with God. The Bible goes on to elaborate in Romans 5 verse 8 in the message translation that God put His love on the line for us by offering His Son in sacrificial death while there was no use whatever to Him. So you got to understand, in other words, there was no guarantee that you and I would respond to God's love and sacrifice. To an intelligent and logical being, this is considered a very reckless act. But I want you to know, God went ahead anyway and sent His Son for us. Why? It was because of love. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. All right. Now, we can also see from Scripture that God, our Creator, he commands us to love, period. You got to love. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. Tell your neighbor that. Yeah, don't worry. You're not going to marry them. You know, you're just loving them. Amen. Right? Okay. Now, and the Bible tells us God himself is love. Now, why is love such an important concept in the kingdom of God? And that will be the title of my message this evening. It is because love matters most. All right, love matters most. 
One more time, let's say it together. Love matters most. Now, why does love matter most? Well, because I want to share with you this evening the three laws of love. Number one, the first law of love. The best use of love is basically for living life. Now, you know why is that true? The Bible tells us in 1 John 4, 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. You see what the Bible is saying? My ability to love authenticates and validates that I am a child of God. Okay, listen carefully. My ability to love authenticates or validates that I am a child of God. Now, what does that mean? You know, all of us Singaporeans, we love to travel. You know, so we'll go to immigration. And then immigration, right? Nowadays, immigration, very high-tech. You know, you stand there, you put your passport in, they check it's correct. Then you go for your thumbprint. And then sometimes they even do a facial scan. And after these three layers of check, and then at the end, you will see your name. Goodbye, Chung Shi Ming. Have a good trip. Right? And then you travel overseas. Then when you want to come back into Singapore, you got to do the same thing. You got to go through immigration again. You take a passport, you put it in, you put your thumbprint, and sometimes the officer there will then check, you know, is, is this the real person? Are you really you? You know, how come you look so big here, but you look so small over here? Why is it like that? You know, and then they'll ask you questions, are you really the real person? And after it's validated and authenticated, then they confirm, aha, Singapore citizen, then they let you through. Listen, it's going to be like that in heaven one day. When you go to heaven, let me tell you, God is not going to ask you how many A's did you score for your exams. God is not going to ask you how many big companies did you build in your lifetime. God is not going to ask you all the things that you did or achieved or influences. God is just going to ask you one question. Have you loved? And if you can pass that, then he says, welcome, child of God. But if you have not loved... Well, then the Cantonese have this saying, Okay, all right, you know, you've got to you know, settle with God yourself. You see, so the first thing is this, love validates my faith. It is very important. So 1 John chapter 4, 20, John said, If we say we love God, but hate others, we are liars. For we cannot love God whom we have not seen, if we do not love others whom we have seen. I want to ask you today, are there any people that you hate? Maybe they're sitting beside you. Okay, no, 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 right? But what I want you to know is this. The Bible still commands us to love. One more time. Turn to your neighbor on your left and your right, front and back, and say, I love you. Tell neighbor that. Amen. Yeah. Now, why is love the best use for living life? Another thought is this, because love integrates my life. Now, could I have my illustrated sermon team come to the stage very quickly right now? Okay, all right, because love integrates my life, right? Now, uh, you just display the card to them and show them first, all the cards. Okay, right? So this is basically our life, you know? Studies, money, children, wife, husband, friends, career. Okay, this one, later we'll talk about it. Okay, all right, now. You know, I, I forgot to put in one thing. You know, iPhone. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, now, i tell you what happens. Now, you see, the Bible says in Colossians 3 verse 14. Now, let's all read together. 
um, from the PowerPoint on top, starting right now. Love is more important than anything else. It is what? Ties everything completely. So let me ask you, what ties everything completely together? Love. But some of us live this way. We have our husband who ties everything completely together. So leave it straight up. All the rest of you, please come. Right? Put your arms, hands. Yeah, I must be balanced a bit. Yeah, yeah. So this is how we live our life. Our husband, you know, is the center of our life. The soulmate of our soul. The husband of the husband. You know, what happens when the husband collapses? Your whole life is gone. Now, some of us have uh, money. Okay, come, come, sister, come. Money is a center, right? And you put your arms, hands on her. So, when everything is going well, you have money in the bank, you are happy, woohoo! But the moment you are bankrupt, something happened to your finances. That month, what happened was that, you know, the cryptocurrency from $14,000 per US dollars per Bitcoin dropped to seven thousand five. Your world collapses. You see that? Right now, let's take one more. Um, friends, where's friends? Come, ah, friends. Put it straight up. You know, many of us love friends, right? So, when the friends come to sell group, oh, I'm very excited, I'm doing well and all that. But if friends is what holds your life together, when your friends leave you, now listen, I'm not saying friends are no good because all of us live in a world that's imperfect. We all have our different challenges. There'll be times friends will let us down. And when they let you down, does that mean your world will collapse? So if friends let you down, boom, your world collapses. You see? But what did the Bible say? Now where's love? Oh, love, love. Ah, love, love, love. Okay. The Bible says, love is the what? Let's all read together in the notes, starting right now. Love is the, it's more than anything else. It is what? Ties everything completely together. Now, so love, the Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, God is what? Love. We sang just now, love is our firm foundation. So this will never fail. So if your husband fails you, if your career fails you, if your friends fail you, if your wife fails you, if your studies fail you, if money fails you, if children fails you, your life will still be intact because God is love and love is what ties everything together. Come on, give God a big hand. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Right? So therefore, love integrates my life. That is something very interesting and important for us to understand. You see, so the thing is, when you have that, your life is on a firm foundation. Now, another thought I want to share with you. Why is love the best use for living life? Number three, I want to share with you, because love compensates for my sin. You know, 1 Peter 4.8 says this, Most important of all, Continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a what? A multitude of sins. Now, so love covers for our sins basically in two ways. Number one, love covers my sin. That means my sins that I've done, you know, my sins in the past, present, future, as long as I confess them to the Lord, God forgives it, it's covered under the blood. Now, another thing that the love does for us is this, and that is this. Love gives me the ability to forgive others. So turn to your neighbor and say, I can forgive you. Tell me about that. 
This is one thing I realize is very hard to do so nowadays. That is why, you know, nowadays, how do we show displeasure? Leave group chat, no? Right? Not happy, what do you do? Exit. Then when you exit, everybody, what happened? Ah? What happened? Ah? Question mark. Oh my God, what happened? Ah? This is the fourth time this year. You know, something like that, right? Correct. Now, love gives me the ability to forgive others. Now listen, we are not all perfect. <laughs> all of us at the different levels of maturity. You know, but you may say, but pastor, you don't understand. This person is very difficult. They are unrepentant. How can we continue to love them? Let me help you remember. Remember this man called Judas Iscariot, right? Now, the Bible says in John chapter 13 and verse 1, the Bible says in the last part, it says, Jesus loved them to the very end. Jesus loved Judas Iscariot to the very end. Now, let me show you more scriptures. John chapter 13 and verse 18 further down says this. Jesus said, I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. Now, he was talking about who will betray him because the disciples asked. And Jesus said, them, said this, He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Right? Now, this was a direct quotation from Psalms 41 verse 9. If you look at this, Psalms 41 verse 9, in its context, it says this, Even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. Who was Jesus referring to? Judas Iscariot. Please don't think Judas was a black sheep, the kind of person. He was a trusted friend of Jesus. Jesus loved him. That's why he was a treasurer. Right? You never give a crook, you never trust a troop with money. But he trusted Judas Iscariot. Now, one more thing. Go with me to Matthew chapter 26. Right? The Bible goes on to say, now this was when Judas was going to betray Jesus. Now look at what it says. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Now Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Now Jesus was not being sarcastic over here. He really regarded Judas as friend. So let me ask you, how do you love difficult people? How do you love people who are unrepentant? You still got to love them. Even to the very end, Judas was considered a friend of Jesus. I want to ask you, how many of you today have people that are very difficult in your life? You think about them, you get angry. You know, you think about them, you want to vomit. Oh, you know, you think about them, you get so upset. You still have to love. Someone say, Amen. Then say, Pastor, okay, I can take your thought. I can love people who are difficult and unrepentant. But what about my enemy? Should I love my enemy? Right? Should I love my enemy? So Jesus answered, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard it was said of old, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Jesus said, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward would you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And you've only greet your own people. What are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
So today I want to present to you this thought that God is looking for a man. God is looking for a woman. God is looking for a boy. God is looking for a girl who will not only just love him with all their hearts, but they will also love people. Now give God a big hand. Amen. All right? And the last thought about why love is the best thing for living this life. It is because love continues forever. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13 says, Three things will continue forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of this is love. In other words, the Bible is saying, if you want to build a legacy that will last a long time, build it on love. Build a legacy on love. So therefore, be the most loving father. Be the most loving wife. Be the most loving child. Be the most loving boss. Be the most loving employee. Because 1 Corinthians 13 verse 3 says, No matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. So today, we got to love. You are very quiet over here, you know. <laughs> yeah. So one more time, you know, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you got to love in Jesus' name. Tell neighbor that. All right, so that's the first thing. Love is good because the first law of love is, love is the best use for living this life. Now, the second law of love. Every, my sermon is very short this evening, so don't worry, okay? The second law of love is this. The best expression of love is time. Okay? The best expression of love is time. Yeah. 1 John 3.18 says, now let's all read together starting now. We must show love through actions that are sincere, not through empty words. Now, this is very important, especially as we are going through this Easter season. How many of you want to invite your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, or friend to church? Can I see your show of hands? Listen, it cannot be empty words. You cannot just ask one time, do you want to come out? Okay, don't come out. You know, you're lost, you're lost. You go to hell. You know, <laughs> excuse me. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way, okay? All right. Now, I want to share with you a few testimonies, you know, of what I did for my family. Right now. You know, our parents always try to do the best examples for us. But even from time to time, the, they meet challenges and they meet a meltdown. And it was during one of these times that my mom had a meltdown and she was crying in the living room. Uh, got a picture of my family. Wow. Okay, my mom, my dad. Okay, the one on the right, that's my second brother. The one in the center, my youngest brother. The one on the left, that's me. Doesn't look like me, right? That is going to prophesy to look like that one day. Okay, all right, amen. Okay, let's go on. Okay, all right, yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> so she was, she was sitting on the, on the living room couch and she was crying and crying and crying and crying. So I was in a room, you know, and I was thinking, what should I do? You know, normal Asian family would be just, yeah, leave her alone. Nah. After a while, we'll get over it one now. Nah. You know, it's all right. You know, things like that happen all the time. Who doesn't face problems? You know, that, those thoughts crossed my mind. Then I thought, cannot be like that. You know, I'm a Christian. I've got to do something right. So then the thought crossed my mind. Just go outside and sit beside your mom. So I went outside to my mom and I sat beside her. Now, she was not, uh, I mean, she believed in God, but she doesn't go to church. Because she, was, she had a Catholic uh, upbringing. 
So while sitting beside her and she was crying, I put my arms around her. In my heart, I was going, I was praying in tongues. I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no idea what God wanted me to do. I had no idea what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do. I just kept praying in tongues. Then a random thought crossed my mind. Super duper random. A thought crossed my mind about an example that I had learned in Bible school. You know, so I thought that's a good example. You know, so I just then while my mom's crying, 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 my arms around her, you know, I passed my mom a pencil. And then I took a piece of paper. Then while she was crying, I said, Mom, draw a line. So, you know, she looked at me like, huh? I'm crying here. It's me draw a line. I said, Yeah, mom, just draw a line. So she drew a line. I said, thanks, mom. I said, mom, can you draw a line? Another time, another line. But this time, with a ruler. So I gave her a ruler. I said, draw the line again. Then she looked at me like, here I'm crying. You know, your arms are around me. And you ask me to draw two lines. What are you trying to do? Then, I, then after that, I just told my mom this. I said, mom, the first line you drew is your life without God. The second line you drew with the ruler is your life with God. Because God is the ruler of your life. That's all I said. Right? Okay? Let me tell you. No preaching. Nothing at all. But the moment I shared that, that God is the ruler of your life, if you were to let Him, immediately she stopped crying. And then I look at her, I stood up and I went back to my room. <laughs> I want you to know, a few months later, she started coming to church. Are you with me? Right. But the thing is this. I had to be willing to sit down and spend that time with her. The best expression of love is time. That's why the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. Because the shepherd is always with the sheep. Right now, the other example I want to share with you is this. It concerns my brother. You know, now this is something very interesting also. Now, when I was, uh, when I was younger... You know, my brother and I, we were great friends. We were great pals. Woo! Ah, there you go. See, that's him. See, we swear, we're not twins, but we wear the same. <laughs> you know? So, my, my brother, and that's Sing. The, you want to show the first picture? Sorry, just now. Then you know which one it is. Uh, he's the one wearing the blue shirt. Yeah, you know? Now, so we were, we were just one year apart, right? We were, gr- we were great friends, and uh, he always considered me his hero. Then I got saved, and I went to church. And do you know, the moment I got saved and went to church, he started to hate me. He was like public enemy number one. Always look at me like, why go to church again? Why always going to church? You know, you are. You know, like this. So one day, my mom, you know, I don't know what I was doing. Anyway, I was talking to my mom. And then my mom just said, you know why your brother is so irked with you and hates you so much? I said, why? What did I do? He says, because when you eat dinner. You're never there. I said, what do you mean I'm never there? Mom, I'm always there. I sit down there. I eat with you all. You are never there. What do you mean I'm never there? You're always on your phone. In those days, no phone, pager. <laughs> so, I'm eating dinner, right? Eating dinner. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Then later on, it was phone. Oh, sorry, I'm phone. So, while I'm having dinner, I, oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. You know, and every time, my family will give me that kind of looks like, here he goes on his phone again. And then I'll, I'll just tell my mom, it's my job. It's my job. People are dying. How can I just let them die? <laughs> can't abandon them, right? You know, this calling of a pastor is difficult, but somebody got to do it. No, anyway. 
Anyway, I want you to know. Really, that's how I thought, you know, very bad, you know, that's very bad, you know, yeah. So when my mom told me that, I tell you, it was such a random thought. I tell you, when she said that my brother hates me and the reasons because I don't spend time in the family, I was so like, I bind you, Satan. But it's not Satan. It's Ming, you know. <laughs> Ming and his phone must be bound, you know. So one day, I went for family dinner. And I refused to touch my phone. I left my phone aside. Even when it rang and I could hear the zzzz in my house thinking, what if someone is dying? Never mind. I pray they see Jesus, you know, or something like that. You know, I was like, I, can't, I cannot lose my whole family, you know. I got to, I got to, I mean, I, I just prayed. Okay, 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 I don't make light of people calling me. So please, uh, don't, don't think that when you call, I don't answer. It's because I don't care. Okay, all right, no, no. But I'm just trying to say that at that point of time, I really felt I couldn't touch my phone. So I didn't touch. And do you know something? My brother noticed. My brother noticed. Immediately the next day or within a week, my mom told me, you know something? Your brother noticed you never touch your phone. I, Whoa. And thereafter, at family dinners, I try my best never to touch my phone. And that's what I want to encourage all of you. When you go out with your family members, with your friends, please, don't put your phone there like that. And while you're talking, once in a while you... It's even worse if you're dating and you, want, you like this girl or this guy and every time you're talking, you're going... You're more interested in the phone than the person you're talking to. They won't date you. They'll dump you. Yeah. Right? And so therefore, my brother and I, we were therefore then reconciled. You know? Now... Does this story have a happy ending? Unfortunately, it doesn't. But it was a good ending. You know, the Bible says this. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Galatians 5 verse 6. Ephesians 5 verse 2 says, Live a life filled with love for others, following the example of Christ, who loved you and gave himself as a sacrifice to take away your sins. So the truth of the matter is this. Love is all about sacrifice. You must be willing to spend time with those you truly love. And this example I learned from who? I learned from Pastor Kong. You know, when my brother was sick and down with cancer, I think that was maybe more than 12 years ago, when he was um, 30, I think he's 35, I was 36, you know. And um, he was very sick. He was in a hospice. And he made this request. He says, girl, can you call Pastor um, I want to, I want to, I want, I want to say hi to him. Because all this while when I came to church, my brother sometimes came with me and 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 uh, you know Pastor Kong in his Pastor Kong manner. Hi Sing, good to see you. And for some reason, my brother liked Pastor Kong, you know? So, you know, so, so he says, Can Pastor come and see me? So I told Pastor. So do you know what Pastor did? Pastor was on his way to Europe for a conference or something, he detoured came over to London and came to the hospice to see my brother. When he stepped in the door, I saw pastor and I teared. By that time pastor came, my brother was already in a semi-comatose state. That means for the last one week, he wasn't really responding. We talked to him, we called, he couldn't respond. The moment Pastor Kong went to his bedside, now this, I lie not to you, it's a true story. He just stood there my brother was in a comatose state and he said, Hi Singh, I'm here. Immediately, my brother sat up, 
open his eyes, put his arms wide like that, and say, hello, pastor. And he fell straight down back into the bed, back into a coma. I was like, that is the power of love. No preaching. There was no other call. It was just high sing. I'm here. And my brother got up. And unfortunately, he didn't make it. He has passed on. He went back to heaven. And you know, I had the privilege of baptizing my brother. And let me tell you, I didn't preach to him. When he was sick, I went down to London on my own accord, spent time with him, took leave, you know. And uh, one day while we were sitting down, he looked at me. And then he says, uh, he says, can I get water baptized? I said, sure. I said, now? He says, yeah, you can do it right. You're a pastor, right? <laughs> I said, sure, I can. Of course I'm a pastor. So I baptized him. And so I believe that he's at home with Jesus today. Give God a big hand. Amen. Amen. Truly, love is the greatest of all. So, so the thing is this. How is love best expressed? It is the willingness to spend time. And lastly, you know, point number three. The best time to love is now. Somebody say now. You know, Bible says in Galatians 6 verse 10, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Ephesians 5 16 says, use every chance you have for doing good. Proverbs 3.27 says, whenever you possibly can, do good to those who need it. Never tell your neighbours to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. Therefore, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire love. Make it your aim, your greatest quest. You know, so after my brother got converted, I spent time with him in London uh, for a few more weeks. And uh, unfortunately, then he passed away. And when he passed away, something powerful happened and it forever is edged in my memory. You know, the night he passed away. <laughs> so anyway, the night he passed away, I still remember his breathing was being very shallow and I had this thought in my mind, he's going to go home tonight. So, you know, but he didn't, he didn't. And, you know, from 8 o'clock, became 9 o'clock, became 10 o'clock, became 11 o'clock, became 12 o'clock, then nothing happened. <laughs> so I thought, you know, my family is all with me. So I said, why don't we all just go back? So my mom, my dad, my youngest brother, we, you know, my family and all, we are, we are going back. So as we left, 10 minutes into the journey home, after midnight, his wife called and said, Singh is gone. <sighs> you know, then I knew, ah, yeah. You always never want the family to be around to see you go. So we turned back and he went. So when we turned back. We went back to the hospice, right? So I went to the room where he was in. I didn't knock on the door. I forgot. And so I opened to go in. I got, I got a shock because I saw my sister-in-law. That means his wife. Okay, I don't know whether you have a picture or not of his wife and him, him and his... Yeah, that's... I mean, they're much older now already, you know? So she was lying down beside him. She was hugging him, caressing him, touching him, kissing him, talking to him, to a lifeless body. So I, I'm sorry, I excuse myself. Later on in the day, I ask her, I say, hey, 
you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know I came in. I never ever, I'm, I'm so sorry I disturbed you. She said, it's okay. She says, you know, Ming, for the last one and a half years, <clears throat> she said, your brother was in tremendous pain. I could not even lie down on the same bed with him. I couldn't hug him. I couldn't kiss him. I couldn't touch him because he'll be in such pain. Then she said, but I can do it now. And he feels no pain. Friends, I want you to know, our life is very fleeting. The people you have with you can go anytime because we live in a world that's so interestingly, interestingly, whatever. I want to encourage you. Hug the people that you love as often as you can. Kiss your children as much as you can. Cuddle your wife every day as often as you can because you never know when they will leave to go back to be with Jesus. And you know, this Easter, I really feel that we got the love. You got the love. That's why I say about the enemies part, listen, there's no such thing as enemies. There's only such a thing as love. And everyone say, Amen, Amen. Shall we just rise to our feet? No, 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 actually, actually, no, rise to our feet. Can we just sit down? Can we just sing this worship song? And as we sing this worship song, I want you to pray to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, bring to my mind those people you want me to reach out this coming Easter. Yeah, just, just begin to pray. You know, if there are people that, that have offended you and all that, today we're going to release them. We're going to love them. Right? Could be a father, could be a mother. They may not be around, but it doesn't matter. Forgiveness crosses into eternity. That's why wherever you are, just lift up your hands and let's worship the Lord. Amen. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Whoa. Jesus Jesus the name above every other name Jesus the only one Say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, we live for you.
closed and no one looking around, let me ask, is there anyone here in this place in your heart right now that you need to forgive? You know, that you need to forgive the person. Could be a mom, could be a dad, could be a brother, could be a sister, could be a relative. And forgiveness is a choice. And if that's you I'm talking about, I want you just to lift your hands straight up to the Lord right now, wherever you are. That's right. Just lift your hands straight up. You need to forgive. You need to love. Just lift up your hands. Lift it straight up. Now I want you to pray after me. Say, Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I come before you today. I come before you today. And I forgive. And I forgive. Now mention the name of the person. Say, I commit right now. I commit right now. Now mention the name of the person into your loving hands. Into your loving hands. I make a decision. I make a decision to forgive from my heart. To forgive from my heart. And to love. And to love unconditionally. Unconditionally. Like how you love me. Like how you love me. So Jesus. So Jesus. Right now. Right now. Let your peace. Let your peace. Let your presence. Let your presence. Just fill my heart. Just fill my heart. And everyone say, Let's give God a big hand. Amen. 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 All right. Now, while your eyes are still closed and no one's looking around, I want to ask this afternoon, this evening, are there any of you here that need forgiveness from Jesus because of your own life? Now, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. This is between you and the Lord. But you just feel in your heart that, you know, Pastor, I, I, I need to come before the Lord to ask for forgiveness. Because there can be no true love unless there's first forgiveness that flows through. So if that is you, and you say, Pastor, it's me, please pray for me. I need Jesus to forgive me. I need to come before Jesus once again. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hands wherever you are. That's right, just lift it straight up. That's right, I see the show of hands. That's right, that's right. That's right, that's right. And I want you to pray to get after me. Say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. Today, I repent. I repent. I come back to you. I come back to you. Forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me of all my sins. And I ask you, Jesus. And I ask you, Jesus. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. From every sin. From every sin. And let your peace. And let your peace. And let your love. And let your love. Fill my heart. Fill my heart. I am a new creation. I am a new creation. I can love. I can love. And I will love. And I will love. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Give God a big hand one more time. Amen, amen, amen. Okay? Now, one last thought I want to share with you. How many of you have uh, already thought about bringing friends to church? Can I see the show of hands? I want to share with you one thought. Romans chapter 8 says this. says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So I was with Pastor Gary Hay at the beginning, Hayes, at the beginning of this week, and he shared with me a thought about intercession that really caught my imagination. Do you know all the testimonies I mentioned about my brother, my mom, and all that? Nothing was planned. Right? It just so happened, a situation arose, an opportunity showed itself, and I happened to be there, and I just went for it. Now, if you study the original Greek word of intercession, the root word has this idea. The idea is this, to chance upon. 
Okay, one more time. To chance upon. Meaning, you're minding your own business and all of a sudden, an opportunity shows up and you're like, hey, whoa, and you go for it. That has a, that, that understanding is in the word intercession. So when you pray, the Holy Spirit is moving. He may give you some random thoughts about some random person. Don't wipe it off. Don't disregard it. For that is the leading of the Holy Spirit for the salvation of the person that He has just given you the thought about. And if you have no friends, don't worry. One time I had no friends to bring to church. I told the Holy Spirit, I have no friends. Holy Spirit, how? Next moment, I drove my car. So I was in my car. I drove in a patrol station. I came out to pump patrol. And my classmate from 20 years ago was just opposite me. He put up his hands. Oi, Ziming ah! Chinese school, Ziming ah! Then I, I look up. Hi, Li Long! You know, when we were younger, we fought together. He was a gangster. So one day we got offended, we fought. We really fought, you know. Okay, don't ask who won. Okay, anyway, so anyway, so... So then the Holy Spirit said, you were saying about no friends, I, oh, I repent. So I want you to know, the Holy Spirit is interceding and is more concerned for our family members than actually we are. So I'm going to do this in the church service today that you will most probably have not heard before, but I want you to take out your handphones. Okay, really, really, for real. You can take out handphones. Please, please, take out handphones. Okay? What we're going to do is this. As we are worshipping in this song, and then we come to the bridge, and we say, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. Only you, my Lord, my God, in your hands you hold it all. Fill this void inside of me. Nothing else satisfies me. As we sing and worship, I want to believe God, that God is going to drop a name into your spirit, and once God drops a name in your spirit, immediately send out a WhatsApp. Dear so-and-so, I just thought of you. And you know, I'd like to invite you for our Christmas service in two weeks' time. Would you come? Oh, sorry. Easter service. Okay. Easter service. And, and watch what happens. Right? I did this once before in a prayer meeting. 20 people said, Pastor, my friend is coming. That was for Christmas last year. 20 people in a prayer meeting responded. Say that. My friend is coming. So let's see what the Lord will do. So those of you in the overflow room, those of you watching by internet, I want you to just open up your heart and then just text on the spot. You will never get a chance like this to text in church, especially on the call. You know, so you have a chance now. Take it. And I tell you, let the Lord lead you. Now, you say, Pastor, there's no names at all. Don't worry. Don't sweat it. Just say, God, I'm open. You never know at the patrol station. You might just meet someone to bring. Because God, with God, all things are possible. Amen. So amen. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. Come. Hopefully you are saying, I will build my life upon your love. That's right. Just open up your heart.
you know, so today, my mom, my dad are in church, my youngest brother is in church, you know, my kids are all, I'm working now on my in-laws, you know, a bit, a bit more challenging, but getting there, you know, my brother-in-law, I've been reaching out to him, never want to come to church. Then, recently, he got baptized and became a Catholic. Now I was like, what happened? You know, he says, Ayah, you don't know lah. He says, nine months, I've been going to catechism class. I say, nine what? Nine months? Then I thought to myself, my God, that means for nine months, I didn't even talk to him about Jesus. So you see, that your family members want to get saved. You just got to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. So is there anyone? Can you have your text already? Text, 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 text. Please text now. Text now. Text, text, text. Hey, can I invite you? Anyone text already? Have? Anyone, anyone have responded? Friends coming? So far? Hello? Yes? One, two, three, four. Anyone? I'm going to believe by faith, you know. Almost I really have one, I have one. Have, but you must text. Eh? The first thought across your mind, just text and just send out. Okay? Alright? Anyone have or not? Can I see the show of hands? I can't see so clear. Anyone have? Confirm friends coming for Easter? Have yet? Don't have? Okay, here. Yeah, just text, 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 text. So while you are texting, why not we all stand to our feet? We're going to pray for our Easter friends. They are coming in two weeks' time. Amen. And then we'll end the service. Let's pray in the Spirit. That's right. If those of you that are still texting, continue texting. If not, then let's begin to pray for our friends right now. Our moms, our dads, our brothers, our sisters, our great-grandfather, great-grandmother, grandmother, grandfather, nephew, nieces, friends, colleagues, schoolmates, maybe our spouse who's not saved, children who backslide are not saved. The presence of the Lord is here this evening. Let's just lift every one of them up to the hands of God. That's right, that's right. 30 more seconds. We just pray 30 seconds in the spirit for them. Father, we rest on your word and stand on your word that you desire that all men be saved and not a single be lost. So we lift up our family members to you, O God that during this next two weeks, that you will use us, oh God, to love them. Father, through our words that we speak, through the time that we spend, through our effort that we make, oh God, Father, I pray that you will use us. And I pray, God, that whenever we get these random thoughts as we are, as we are reaching out to our family members and friends, that we will not write it off, but we will be so sensitive to you, Holy Spirit, that you will come and lead and guide us because you desire that everyone is really saved. And we stand on your word. If one is saved, the whole household is saved. We are believing you that this coming Easter, that households will come to Jesus. Households will come to Jesus. The mom, the dad, the grandmother, grandfather, great-grandmother, great-grandfather, grandchildren. Father, nothing is impossible for you. So we commit our whole Easter production, service, practice, outreaches 
into your loving hands. Give us a fresh baptism of your love for our friends and relatives. In Jesus' name we ask and pray and everyone say, let's give Jesus a big hand. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I still want to know, anyone? Uh, can I see, uh, is there anyone? Uh, their friends confirm coming. Have a lot, have a lot, have a lot, have a lot. Have, have, have that. How? Oh, behind. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> anyone else? Don't have. So what I want you to do is this. Be very open. You never know. And that is the spirit of intercession. Part of it is that God will cause you to chance upon things. So when you have these random thoughts, never write it off for the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you. God bless you. See you next week for our service. Amen. Thank you very much. We hope you've been blessed by the message. If you have a testimony to share, write to us at connect at chc.org.sg.